Dear listeners, it's your fundraising heyday co-host, Amanda here. Kimberly and I are so proud of the work accomplished by our season sponsor. Since 2006, the D.H. Leonard Consulting Team has trained more than 10,000 nonprofit professionals in grant writing, and they want to share their tips and tricks with you. D.H. Leonard Consulting offers in-person and online trainings custom-tailored to your organization's needs. Contact them today to schedule your next training. Visit dhleonardconsulting.com to learn more. Hello there. I'm Kimberly Hayes Day Muga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you are listening to Season 3 of the Fundraising Heyday Podcast. We are a dynamic duo bringing you insight and knowledge into the ever-evolving world of grants, development, and fundraising. It's also a real possibility that we'll break into song. Mm-hmm. We may have to do that. It's been a while since we've had some musical notes. Um, <laughs> I just want to sing and, the blues right now, but go uh, on. With intro. <laughs> we'll talk about pie. And of course, always refer to you, dear listeners, as y'all. And we hope all y'all will subscribe to the Fundraising Heyday podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our season three sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Hey, don't let grants stress you out. Their team can help you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, and grant mock review. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today. So let's just say that 2020 has been quite the rolling dumpster fire. And yet in the middle of it all, some traditions are still going strong. While they're going to look a little different, we're still having Black Friday deals. We're being hyped up before Halloween. Turkeys are going to fill the store freezers and then find their ways into our homes. And holiday giving envelopes are hitting mailboxes everywhere for those end-of-the-year gifts. But that's not all. No, my friend, it isn't. Because there's something else that comes around once a year, and I'd like to just talk to you about it a little bit. Now it's Giving Tuesday. As we're recording this, it is actually coming up. Um, it will be December the 1st, 2020, and it may surprise all y'all to know I have an opinion about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm shocked to hear you say that, my friend. <laughs> uh, no one who's ever met you, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. But that's why we love you. You've got good opinions, so let's hear it. You're very kind. Well, this is, I'd like to use this. It'll be a small rant about uh, Giving Tuesday. It's sort of a kickoff for today's episode where we'd like to just engage y'all in a discussion about how to prioritize fundraising and grant writing opportunities. And I realize the discussion is going to be between Amanda and I because it'll already be recorded by the time you listen to it. But the idea of of sort of taking a step back and and looking and realizing that not every opportunity or every giving platform is right for your nonprofit agency simply because those opportunities and platforms exist. Yeah, that's true. And trust me, I understand that it can be very tempting, especially when you've got your board or your council or your boss or whoever is pushing you to bring in more money because we need that money to be able to do good things, right? And so sometimes 
Um, it's kind of like that expression, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail. And so when you're the fundraiser, it's like, I'll take all the things and make it work. Um, and we get it because you could be under a lot of pressure to bring in more money, especially this year because of lost revenue due to COVID-19, due to craziness in an election cycle. Just again, going back to 2020 being the year that it is, right? We get it. We've been there. Heck, Kimberly and I are probably there right now with some clients because it's the end of the year and we've oh, got yeah. numbers and things to make up. So oh, yeah. what we're hoping to do today is offer up some real world situations about when it's a good idea to move forward with grant and fundraising seeking and when turning down those opportunities is actually a better option. And so we want to talk about, you know, how to make those calls and just make sure that you're not taking money that has so many strings attached that in the long run, that money is not worth the paper it's printed on. True that. And you could not only be um, chasing that money that may not be coming to you, but you could also be spending a great deal of energy and time on a particular fundraising or grant seeking method that is not going to pay off for you. So we've got, we've got some high concepts here uh, to go through. Um, at least for me, given my limited attention span during this dumpster fire year. So I am delighted to get us started with Giving Tuesday, okay? So, so here's the deal. Online giving is growing every year. I am not a Luddite. I firmly believe there are incredible opportunities and demonstrable results from online giving, but it is not for everyone. Some organizations have made it one of their holiday giving mainstays, participating in Giving Tuesday, for example, and it has worked well for them. Mm -hmm. Those agencies are the ones that tend to succeed with this, are ones that either have a, a wider giving base and animal shelters come to mind, particularly in the Atlanta area. There are several no-kill shelters and animal shelters and adoption agencies that really thrive in that online environment and really shine through Forgiving Tuesday events that I have noticed in, in, in the Georgia area. And I, But I think a lot of it has to do um, with the fact that those agencies are probably the ones that not only who doesn't love the cuddly puppy kitten thing, I mean, wide appeal, and rightfully so. But they um, they often have an already fully developed, fully integrated social media, um, email, direct mail, and other giving platforms. That That's already rocketing along. Like they may have a super strong Instagram presence. They have tons of followers on Facebook and a healthy, hearty email mailing list already sort of there to capitalize on. For some smaller nonprofits, that just may not be the case. Yeah. So you're talking about like a lot of times we talk about being grant ready before you go after grant funding. So in this case, they're giving Tuesday ready is what you're saying. Well, yeah, they're, they are just all around. Yeah. We've got this online giving down ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, they already have those systems in place. So if you are being perhaps pressured by someone above you in your pay grade um, to, oh, we've got to do uh, Giving Tuesday. And it's November and Giving Tuesday is December 1. Unless you already have robust social media in place and demonstrable um, traffic and, and, and results in giving, 
I feel that often the voices of the smaller nonprofits are completely overwhelmed by all the noise around Giving Tuesday, right? I think we've all been um, bombarded in this election year with all sorts of robocalls and ads and ads and ads everywhere. So Giving Tuesday can start to feel like that, only it's a feel good. So that usually nonprofits don't, for example, um, air attack ads of other nonprofits to get you to give to them. Exactly. So it, it's a different, it's a different vibe. It's a different feel, but um, it's just not um, the. If you've never sort of jumped into those waters before, I just don't think now is that now would be the time to take a running leap and fling yourself into the the the, the rapids. You know boiling with current and everything <laughs> if you don't have something already in place. So you're right, Amanda, it's a lot like getting grant ready. You want to make sure you have things in place and even um, things in place to thank people. If you do get an unexpected push of new donors, um, I just it's just not enough, in my opinion, to just post on your Facebook page for your organization and go, okay, it's Giving Tuesday, y'all give. And then... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. Yeah, and well, then, and, but that's go, how it happens, right? Yeah. A lot. And it's like, okay, the, why aren't they giving? Why aren't they giving? It's like, because it's a sea of giving requests. Um, at one organization where I worked, um, we were Giving Tuesday has been going on for a long time. And it's done a lot of good. This is not, but I'm just saying the right opportunity for you kind of thing. Again, mm-hmm. it's been around since 2013. And then before... Um, um, uh, Georgia used to have Georgia Gives, which was a separate day than um, Giving Tuesday. That was actually a little easier for me uh, working with fundraising folks um, in agencies in Georgia because um, the pool of people putting out those messages was smaller, still big, but smaller than a national. And I had an, a board member during that time um, when we first migrated over to Giving Tuesday go, I have gotten so many messages from you, meaning the agency where I worked. I mean, it's just a lot because so many other agencies are also sending me things on Giving Tuesday. And I, to my credit, I didn't throw anything and I didn't cuss or do anything like that. I just said, well, you are a board member here. So I'm glad that you're picking up on those messages because you can actually help amplify um, our work by spreading it through your network. And Thank I got you. one of those, you can't see my face, but I got one of those blink, blink at me, you know, with a little smile. And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. my work here is not done, but I'm moving away. So <laughs> I would say, you know, setting reasonable expectations. And um, this year, again, Amanda talked about it earlier in the intro. I know you're probably you're probably being pushed. We got to bring in more money. We've lost money. We don't provide direct service to people with COVID or the people who serve them as essential workers. So we need you to just get out there and get all the new donors you can. So this may not be the very best time to seek new donors. This is a fantastic time to reach out to the people who gave to you, who support you, and and ask how they're doing. And tell them how your agency is doing, and the people, or the animals, or the forest, or the, or the um, arts and cultural organization that you serve. How are people doing, and how can we help each other? Now is not the time to try and send out, you know, a million emails to people who haven't given to you in five years. 
it's just going to be drowned out and all the sea of um, requests that are coming up. Um, and again, if you already have a strong online uh, giving program and you got all that back, what I call the back end stuff, the abilities to thank them quickly, you know, through maybe perhaps an automated message and then follow up with the phone call or whatever it is that you do to thank and continue to engage, that's great. But Otherwise, I feel like Giving Tuesday is sometimes an opportunity to spend a lot of time to get lost in the shuffle. Well, and it sounds to me, too, like if, you know, if suddenly people are realizing, oh, my gosh, this is less than a month away. Let's make it happen. You're already behind the curve. Like this is something like it's probably a good idea now. If you're not ready for it, start preparing for Giving Tuesday in 2021. Like start building your presence online. Start building those systems into place, and th- potentially think about it for next year. But if you're not re- if you're not already ready today, beginning of November, you're you're not going to be ready in a month probably. And I see your fine and worthy comment, and I raise you by go ahead and work on all those systems anyway, and maybe you have your own um, giving campaign. And you just sort of pull in and, hey, by the way, Giving Tuesday's coming up. If you want to share with your friends, they can meet you over there and give, you know, through Facebook and other platforms. I guess what I'm saying is don't shun it, but don't expect it to save the world. And this is also, if you're thinking about it just now, a month before it happens, this also points out the need to sort of take a breath when you can. I know it's hard, but to, to take a breath and sit down and go, okay. What is coming up in the next 12 months? 12 months, just start with what you have. Start where you are today. What are the things that need to happen? And sort of start that um, discovery process and make that work visible, whether it's on a big old whiteboard or whether you have a to-do list. But um, working with your team or if you are your team, work with yourself. Buy yourself a Scooby snack, sit down and just figure out. What's coming up? What would make sense for me to spend my time on? Or how could I get the board involved and have, I'm a big proponent of having a fundraising strategy, a fundraising calendar, and a grants calendar. Um, Even though sometimes in my life it feels like I am just flying by the seat of my pants, um, having calendars and task lists and things set up in advance and giving it some thought, it takes front-end time, but eventually it's going to buy you time when you are out there putting all these things out and having them come to fruition. All oh, good point. Well, I would say that getting lost in the shuffle is not just giving Tuesday. Like that's not the only fundraising event or thing Agreed. that we, we all seem to jump on and think it's going to be this great thing. So, mm-hmm. um, when you consider all the resources needed to support your grant program, um, your grant readiness calendar, your not grant readiness calendar, your grant readiness process, your grants calendar, all of those things. Um, you need to have them ready ahead of time to help save your agency time and money in the long run. So it's not just prepping for Giving Tuesday. It's just like Kimberly said, having those to-do lists, those checklists, those calendars to make sure you're ready for your holistic approach to fundraising for your organization. Ooh, holistic. Look at you. I like we, it. We need a diversified portfolio of funding. <laughs> and my um, tea and basking in your wonderfulness. Preach on, do. Well, and I can think of two recent examples um, that I've had some experience with where it's been sort of a grant, but the funder's trying to get all cutesy in the process. 
which I mean, on one hand, I want to give them credit for trying to be creative, but on the other hand, I'm like, oh my gosh, do they not realize <laughs> they are making so much more work and the return on investment is like zero basically. Right. Um, so one of them, and I'm seeing more of this now where funders, instead of requesting either an LOI or a very simple grant proposal, which I would prefer any day of the week, mm-hmm. instead they're like throwing us all into what Vule calls the nonprofit hunger games nice. and asking everybody to put together a video proposal submission. Because, you know, every nonprofit just has the latest and greatest tech when it comes to filming things, and they've got access to everything they need in three weeks, short weeks, to put everything together. And they've got a video editor that works for them when, you know, the reality is it's, there's a project I'm working on right now that we're trying to comb through current video we already have to see what we could possibly put together with maybe something new. And we're kind of hoping my teenage son can help us edit it because he takes a bunch of AV classes in high school. Because who on staff knows how to do that sort? I don't know how to do that sort of thing, right? And, and most of these nonprofits that they're asking to do this aren't necessarily um, in the tech or arts and cultural performance no. sector where they would have access to that. And hey, by the way, way to waste time that could be spent on serving the populations they were supposed to be serving. But yet, yeah, go on with your cute little Hunger Games style grant not grant programs and not only that you know in the instructions it says you can record everything from your iphone it doesn't have to be professionally done Mm -hmm. but you know there are going to be those people out there who do it so to be able to stack against your competition you've got to get it done right and again they're focusing the the problem and the conflict becomes between the nonprofits and not the managerial practices of the donor agency itself it's a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. It's actually real. It's actually happening. Yeah. Well, and for those of us who are used to the written word, like that's the grant process has been in place and right, wrong, or indifferent. We at least know what to expect and we're prepared for it. And we know, you know, I can look at an application and go, okay, this is something I can probably knock out in three days or I'm going to need three weeks to do this or whatever. Something like this, I'm like, I have no earthly idea if this is going to take me five hours or 300. And I'm guessing it's probably going to be closer to the 300 end because I don't know what I'm doing, right? I'll figure it out. But oh my gosh, the added stress. It's added Um, unnecessary stress and... I also want to go on record as saying I am all about using fun videos recorded on your iPhone or other smartphone of your choice and um, posting up thank you videos, a day in the life, um, vlog style videos. Those are perfect. Those are perfect for reaching out to your donors, thanking your supporters, getting volunteers engaged lovely but for an agency that's done something in a certain way for years and years which was also an onerous process but i'll not go there but to turn around and go okay everyone just just give us a simple video and then we'll judge it and then if we like it then you'll be invited to apply so it's uh-huh. it's some sort of weird video loi in the middle of a freaking pandemic and a crazy election year really and the holidays and thank the holidays. you thank you for 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 really making it great and the real losers are the people or pets or rivers or streams or or violins whatever quartets that don't get served 
because someone's got to stop what they're doing and go futz around and make a little video and then figure out how to edit it. And they not yet, they can't access Amanda's tech department all the time because <laughs> he's got to go to school. And um, uh, this is true. Yeah, man. Well, it just it just drives me crazy. And to add to it, they're usually very vague about like how much money are they giving out? How many awards? And so it's like, we might do all of this and there could be hundreds or thousands of organizations apply. And of course because they didn't get specific. They may give out one $5,000 award and that's it. So you don't even know what you're playing for other than the chance at some money. And I think that is a great example that we don't feel strongly about at all. It's a great <laughs> example of when you have this, and I'm making air quotes, y'all, opportunity land in your inbox or when someone forwards it to you going, oh my gosh, we've got to go do this. Take a second and look at it and think about it and look at it in terms of the output of time and energy and perhaps money for resources if you need to mm-hmm. edit team software or whatnot versus the possible gain and look at the fact that it is set up as a um, sort of competition that is encouraging even more people to apply forever before. And they don't even tell you what you're playing for. Yeah. As Amanda said, and also I don't think the grand seeking should be played like the hunger games, but in this particular case, we're deep into, um, I don't know, region 12. What was it? What was it? The zones? What is Katniss? Is she getting yes. bow and arrow? District 12. Yes, yeah, she was in District 12. District 12, y'all. Come on now. And Those were hungry you. there. Working no, in the mines. Not, it was a rough setting. <laughs> this is not where we need to be. But, no. a, but a true and real life example yeah. of how it is an opportunity, but maybe it's not right for you. Yep. Um, one other example I've participated in before, it's one of those, they're like, hey, enter this contest, and if you get the most votes, you win. <gasps> hey, enter this contest, y'all, hey. Yeah. It'll be so easy and so fun. But this, <laughs> let me tell you, if you don't have the social media skills, or like Kimberly said, you don't have that, you know, you may be savvy at social media. I can do social media, but if I'm working for a nonprofit that doesn't have anything yet, in 30 days, I can't set up something and then suddenly have them have, you know, 10 million followers overnight. It just doesn't work that way. No. Um, Unless you are the brilliant guy who set up the Twitter account for Mike Pence's fly after the vice presidential debate. And I just watched as thousands and thousands and hundreds of the, but I digress. That was just, that that's not normal, right? So you're setting up your, this is true, but for your nonprofit, you're not going to get tons of people. I mean, you, you have to work at this. It takes years to start building that up, right? Um, so if you're not already there, you're already wasting your time. Plus, even if you do have that following, it still takes a lot of time and attention because, you know, you've got to continuously engage your audience, letting them know, hey, you can vote every day. Hey, did you vote today? Hey, did you vote today? Ask me how I know. Guess how we did not get our dog park funded? It was not <laughs> Do an online competition, okay? But I'm not bitter. (laughs) I'm not laughing at you. (laughs) I know. Listen, I couldn't even get my husband to go online and vote every day because I don't have time for this. So I get it. I get it. Right? It's just it was the it was the it was a waste of my time. I'm just gonna say that and leave it there. (laughs) And can I add a little more fuel to your lovely bonfire of a ranch you got going on there? 
also, in many cases, the sponsoring entity, be it corporation, foundation, a new nation, whatever it is, they will, in order to vote, you usually have to enter your email. So guess what they're doing? They're getting the emails and everything from folks who might really want to support you. And guess who's not getting all those emails? Your organization. I'm just saying, this is just thinking about it, the ramifications and um, popularity contests may or may not, may or may not be the way you want to go. But I just think having clear and widely opened eyes um, when you go into that and explaining that to people who may be pressuring you, who may feel desperate, helping have guide that conversation to, yes, we need more money to do more good things, but let's be cautious about how we get that money. Yep. Well, and to me, the competitions like this kind of feel like the lottery, right? Because you get, you get, for, well, if we don't enter, we don't have a shot at winning. Even if we enter, <laughs> the shot is so minute that it's just not worth the money to buy that lottery ticket sometimes, right? Okay, but also, wrong, there's a I'm, big difference in buying spending what is a dollar for a lottery ticket. I'm not talking about the fancy scratch off because I'm not smart enough. I don't understand. (laughs) A dollar. It's one thing for me to go up at the airport, which I may or may not have done in the past. I'm like, it's up to 80,000 million bajillion. Yeah, man. Here's a dollar and it's Uh done. I'm not standing there making a video about how much I love playing the lottery. I'm not standing there trying to get people around me to vote for me because I'm so cute in my video. It's a whole different proposition when you look at labor on your return on investment. That's all I'm saying. Yes. It's, But Amanda, you make good and and sound points and are far less prone to rants, although I'm going to remember the dog park for a long time. Um, I also know that you are an expert, as in lived experience, in um, what it takes to successfully manage, for example, large-scale federal grants. Granted, this isn't Giving Tuesday, but the same principles apply, right? Yeah. You, I'm sure that you, in your in your long and storied career um, as as a local government employee before you um, opened your own business, I'm sure that you got the oh, um, um, D- uh, DHS, no, FEMA, somebody's giving out a bajillion dollars, and um, our budget for this program is 20,000. So we should, they're, they're going to give us a million. We should go for this. You know? Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Oh yeah. There's, I don't know how many times I've looked at grants and someone will send it my way and I'll read over all the requirements and what it takes to put a project together and just everything and go, yeah, we're not there yet. Or, and we may never be there. This is a waste of my time. And trust me, sometimes co-workers and bosses listen and understand other times they're like nope we think this is a good idea and we need you to do it anyway and i put together those grants and well. then you, you do it anyway and you began to plan and scheme to a time where you don't have to do that <laughs> yeah well and i mean part of it is just understanding what you're getting yourself into right mm-hmm. uh, because every grant is going to have something on the back end no we've talked about this before no grant money is free and so trying to figure out not only are we a good fit for this grant but do we have the time and the resources and the bandwidth and the knowledge 
needed to manage it on the back end because we're going to have to report on all of our outcomes and we're going to have to keep up with all of the money and we're going to have to follow all the rules and jump through all the hoops and those kinds of things. And sometimes the amount of money they're giving you is not worth all of that hoop jumping. Okay. Yeah. Um, you and I both know we've been involved in a county grant process before. Oh, oh, the county whose name shall not be spoken. I know. And it's, you know what, I've done this, uh, I've done similar programming for a couple of counties now. And it's, oh, I don't understand counties. If you're listening, if you work at a county, please don't make your process more complicated than the federal government. Because guess what? You're not giving me $5 million. You're giving me $15,000. Okay. In a good year, girl, in a good year, they're giving $15,000. I should not have to submit 15 attachments on top of the 20 page narrative I've submitted. And Mm. then when we get the grant, Mm. you require at least two site visits for Mm. a three-month summer program, might I add. Mm. Um, I'm not bitter about this one either. Monthly reports. I mean, it's just the amount of documentation for the amount of money was insanity. And it's and the thing too is it's creating a lot of work for the county to do too, because they've got to follow up with all of this. And please understand me when I say that I get that there needs to be accountability. I get that you are giving your taxpayers dollars, your taxpayer dollars oh, sure. to another entity and you need to make sure that we're doing with it what we're supposed to. And I am all about that. I'm all about transparency. I'm about all about showing my funder. We did what we promised. We spent the money the right way, but there are ways to do it without making it take 10 hours a week to get the job done. Okay. Oh, and, and without adding an entire whole layer to the county, uh, bureaucracy. Exactly. Which is also funded by taxpayer dollars. That's all I'm saying. Man, who knew? It's going to get into a rant. But I mean, I'm just, out. Giving Tuesdays helped me give it out, you know. I mean, and just, all my feelings are coming out today. And deeply, just, deeply in our feelings. Can you tell October was such a crazy month of grant deadlines? Like, I don't, if it was like that way last year, I blocked it out. Like, I just, Y'all are just getting the dredges of my, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that the fall is behind me. They are getting your experience. And as we all are, we are living in really stressful times and having extra unnecessary stresses on top of the high hum of all the crazy around is just bound to uh, affect us all. And it will affect those that you report to or that you contract with who are desperate to find money and who are also experiencing their own levels of stress. I just, I think it's, um, it's interesting because I thought, oh, I'm just going to rant for, for, for all this about Giving Tuesday and then I'll be done and Amanda will be like, and in our next episode, but no, <laughs> no, my friend, you surprised me today, but I think an important lesson a lesson that I've learned and that I would like to share with everyone is fundraising and grant seeking have a lot more in common than you might think, particularly around assessing opportunities and risk and building relationships. And it's nothing mysterious or magical about either one. It's just really about matching up your organization's resources, um, your talent, time, and treasure with the best opportunities. You know, whether it's Giving um, Giving Tuesday, which is, I think, international, or 
a grant from your county that may end up costing more in preparation and grant management time than the actual grant award itself. Yep, absolutely true. Um, and I think the best thing that you can do as the fundraiser, the grant manager, the development of director, whoever you are, you can help your organization or your clients stay focused, okay? Focused on, yes, there's all these options out there, but let's be smart about picking what are the ones that are going to get us the best return on our investment that is going to be worth the time spent, okay? This is true every year, but it especially true during these trying times because the better positioned you are, the more you'll be able to raise money to do more good things. And isn't that what it's all about? You got that right. So. Ranting over, right? <laughs> I hope everybody has an incredible Giving Tuesday for those that are participating. And and good luck getting all those grants. Really, yeah. we, we support you. We just want to help you make the most informed choices possible. Yes. Well, and this time of year, no matter what fiscal year calendar your organization operates on, December, not all. I mean, I know there's lots of holiday stuff, but as far as the grant world goes, December tends to be a slower time. Ha, and ha. For me, ha, well, ha, ha. But compared not to all the other... Not in fundraising. But no, I feel not like in fundraising. Crazy. On the grant side, I will say, December is probably one, in my experience, has been one of the slower months where I had more time to actually plan for the coming year and what we needed to do ahead. So figure out what that time is for you and start getting to work on it. I feel that. And you know what? I want you all to remember that there is no specific college degree in grant writing or fundraising, but there are a lot of good people with experience to share, training programs, and other ways to learn. For example, learning through ranting, which I think we experienced today. <laughs> We'd love for this podcast to be a part of your professional development lineup. And you know what else? As long as we are in the giving season, I would love for you to give Fundraising Heyday podcast a review on Apple Podcast if that's where you're listening to us. Um, a five-star review would be ideal. If you're going to give us a one-star review, I think maybe you just need to rest, reflect, and maybe look at a picture of a puppy for a little while. But um, seriously, the more reviews that we have, the better we can share this podcast. Um, and we just want to thank you, each and every one of you, for all your listening and comments and your incredible support all along the way. Thank you. Thank you for helping to share fundraising heyday with your friends and your colleagues. Thank you again to our season three sponsor, DH Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, dhleonardconsulting.com to learn more. On our next episode, we're interviewing Janae Richman with the National Committee for Responsible Philanthropy. This organization is putting change for the better at the forefront, and we cannot wait to highlight their good works. Please be sure to join us. Until then, dear listeners, be well. Bye. Bye, y'all.